Hey, listen to Commander Quick Help Podcast, episode 92. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan and we're going to conclude the arc of the Mono Problematic by talking about a super problematic deck. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? My voice cracked. You have to ask me how I'm doing. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down. We've reached the conclusion of the arc of the Mono Problematic, and we're going to add a big summation cherry to the top of this Sunday by applying all the stuff we've been harping about for the last five weeks on this deck. Yes, that's a much slower way to say what you said in the intro. <laughs> that was the <laughs> fastest intro. <laughs> I really didn't think I could do it, and I just, one take. Forced it in. Yeah. Don't Google that. No. We're off to a good start. Yeah, jeeps. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so we are concluding our longest ever consecutive arc. What is this, the seventh episode? Yeah. We did a list for each color. We did an artifact list. Uh, that's six. Now we have this one. It's actually a three-color list for my boy Vivictus Asmati the Dyer. One of the uh, most popular new commanders. Everybody was talking about him. He, he he made a pretty big splash both at our table and in EDH as a whole. Yeah, of the M19 Elder Dragons revisited or whatever, I don't think he's the most popular one. Everybody was super hard on um, uh, Arcades the Strategist or whatever, the guy that like gives your walls so they can attack, or the Flip Nickel Bolas. Flipple Bolas. Flipple Bolas. Yeah, balls that. We did Vivictus Asmati, and I actually have this deck, so we can speak to it pretty in-depth, and I love it. You hate it. Correct. I hate it a lot. Yeah. So before, uh, that's that's the teaser, I guess. Before we get into it, we got a couple housekeeping things, some giveaway updates or details, some shout-outs. Social media coordinates. We're CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this week's list, last week's list, next week's list, and any other list that we do throughout the course of the show. We are commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions. But um, even though it is Christmas, no nudes. Is there any good Christmas movies that have nudes? Santa's Sleigh. Bill Goldberg. He goes to a strip club. It's pretty good. Bill Gorborg, yeah, what you said. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even words. We're also Commander Cookout on Google Play, Google Machine, iTunes, Facebook, Patreon, YouTube, Podomatic, where we maintain our stranglehold on the number one spot in the games and hobbies section. You can also find us on edhrec.com and flipsidegaming.com, where you can use CCO promo code CCOFU to get 10% off your entire order store-wide, and mtgonslaught.com, where you can use that same promo code CCOFU to get 15% off your entire order to get a whole bunch of stuff that pimps your game outside the game. And if you missed any of that because it was too fast, you can check us out at the official official home of Commander Cookout Podcast on the entire internet, commandercookout.com. That's a different style of .com. Well, I can't sing it, and I'm just going to keep throwing stuff at the wall until I find something that feels more natural. What happened to 90s cartoon cop .com? Oh, yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring that back for next week. Yeah, you mentioned Flipside Gaming. Uh, how much did we say they had booster boxes of Ultimate Masters for? Two ninety nine. I think so. Uh, we opened... Two boxes of Ultimate Masters. This is this is a teaser. Yeah, we opened Flippy two boxes of Ultimate Masters, and boy, howdy. We are wearing the same clothes as yesterday. We sure. I slept in mine. I took all of mine off. 
as soon as I walked in the door of my house and I didn't move after that <laughs> for at least five hours. It was it was a good night. It was a good night. We opened some good stuff. So Donnie, thanks for the boxes and you're welcome. Yeah, teaser. We did record it, both video and audio, and I'm going to try and get through it and put it together in some way that is consumable for CCO Nation. Maybe it'll find its way to our YouTube channel. Who can say? Speaking of YouTube, uh, our giveaways are reaching the end, but you still have a chance. You still have one week to get in on the winning. The first of our multiple Christmas giveaways, actually, is the card of the week. Giveaway where if you interact with us on any way on YouTube, if you follow us, if you like our videos, if you smash the like button, if you will, or leave us a comment, good or bad, you will be entered to win a small stack of at least seven foil cards of the week that we have talked about over the course of the arc. They are, as it stands right now, a Cather's Crusade, a Cyclonic Rift, a Necropotence, a Lightning Bolt, a Crosian Grip, and a Mirage Mirror, plus whatever the card of the week is in this episode. Ooh, who can say? We can, we just haven't yet. Yeah, we just haven't done it yet. So, if you want to win that little stack of cards, maybe more cards, who knows, you just got to go to our YouTube page, interact with us, and you will be entered to win that. Also, at the same time you're doing that, you will be entered to win a altered card giveaway. Ryan has donated his time and some of his cards to just paint them up, and we'll send a few of those out as well. Also... Uh, as far as winning goes or giveaways go, if you are in a position to support us financially and help us continue to provide excellent content like this and the YouTube page, you will be mailed a Christmas altar. It'll be a card with a dude with a Santa hat or maybe some lights on a tree to make it look like a Christmas tree. Something small, but they're very, very, very cool and very well done and have been well received so far. Uh, you know what? I actually like doing them. I just did four or five yesterday. And I'm getting over like the Spanish death flu. So for me to just sit in a nice, quiet, warm room and just get some painting done was enjoyable after writhing in pain from the flu for a couple of days. And I did f- at least five of them yesterday. Wow. And uh, I have those patrons queued up in front of me to give them shout outs and funny nicknames. Excellent. We'll get to that in just a second. As I tell the last giveaway, if you're already a patron of ours, we have not forgotten about you. If you are a patron of ours, we will you will be entered into the premium altar giveaway. It'll be a little higher end card that's been altered. Some kind of playable thing. I think uh, there might be a couple to choose from, uh, but we'll be in touch with the winner sometime after Christmas and we'll get all of that sort it out we'll be in touch and and yeah it'll be awesome yeah i think as it stands right now um we're going to be announcing the winners for all of this arcs giveaways and our christmas giveaways on our december bonus show and usually those air on a wednesday after the final tuesday of the month yeah so that would put us on boxing day yeah yeah so if you're driving from your house to go down to whatever store you want to fist fight somebody for a new TV at <laughs> you can warm up your ear holes with Commander Cookout podcast. Oh, I like that. That's good. Yeah. Okay, very excellent. Yeah, we're we're good at this. All right. So that's the giveaway, that's the stuff. Should we do some new patron shoutouts? Oh, yeah. Okay. We got some we got some funny names. And names aren't funny. We just make them funny, I guess. Yeah. And the first, of course, I wrote the first one down that I don't actually know how to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out of the way. Jacob? 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 It's Jacob, Ryan. 
Arspang. Jacob Arspang? I like it. Is it? Wow. Arspang. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, uh, Jacob. Jacob Arspang. Jacob Arspang. Okay. It is. Jackson Kelly. Shout out to you. Hmm. Jax Ian Kelly. Hopefully his significant other is named Kelly. And if not, you're in a lot of trouble, Jack. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Very excellent. Next shout out. Jackson <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Next shout out. Levi Dixon. Huh. He goes, he goes, props if you can get like the jeans in there. Like Levi jeans. And I'm thinking I'm wearing Levi jeans right now. And I thought, what if Levi was wearing Levi jeans? Ooh, it's like Jeanception. Ah, uh, yes. Levi, Levi and Levi's. Levi, Levi. Ah, uh, Levi Jeanception Dixon. Yeah, there I was like that. there was definitely a Dixon joke in there, but I like I like we, Jeanception better. But we took the high road, and we do that sometimes. Not very often. Yeah. But we we do that sometimes. Very excellent. Yeah. Final shout out, Stephen. Ryan Inc. How about Stephen Rydink? Ah. Uh, That's when you come home and you're all hammered and like your wiener just won't work, so you just go to sleep? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You just had too much of that cheap rye and you're you're done now. You're, Happens at the end of virtually every wedding you've ever been to. Or open flippy dot drinky with master sets. Oh, Joel. Oh, he was so hammered. Oh, he was making what, like quadruples and then he cracked a bunch of stuff that he he cracked some sick foils and you know what happens when you crack a sick foil you drink your whole drink and he what how many drinks he have to drink three Three. full full ones yeah and he probably had three or four others in the span of the hour that we played he had both (laughs) the best cards and the worst cards all night so he's just he's he's hurting today so joel if you're listening to this we appreciate you putting your uh your body on the line for everybody's entertainment now is the time that we usually say should we do a deck should we do a deck uh yes we should (laughs) that was awkward (laughs) but we want to like you say put a cherry on top of the arc a little bit and and i guess tell cco nation why we're doing this deck Sure. So way back in the day, six weeks ago, when we started this arc, or seven (laughs) weeks ago when we started this arc, with Mono White, we talked about um, approaching the game, looking for weaknesses in the color and kind of how to circumvent it. Because the game has weaknesses built into the colors, right? One of the things we said was you could actually just add a second color that like, okay, so if you're playing white and you want to draw cards, well, now you should just play a white-blue deck. You just add black to it or blue to it or green to it. Add any color that isn't red to it, and you're fine. Hey, we talked about drawing cards in red on our latest YouTube video. We did, but uh, let's face it. If you want to draw cards efficiently, you don't add red. What you said. Yeah, splashing red for card draw, specifically? No. And the other thing I wanted to touch on is that first deck we did, that mono-white list... You actually play that. It's fitting that we're doing this deck today because I actually play this deck. Yeah. So in the six weeks, have you learned anything from what we've talked about or have you learned anything from playing your, I don't know, is it your first ever mono white list? It's my second ever mono white list. The first one we did a, a show on, it was Lynn Civy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rebel, tribal, no combo, and we compared it to a Bomberman combo. <laughs> oh, that was, 
Yep, that was a thing. But that that deck's gone now. And my white deck, actually, I feel like I haven't learned all that much from it. I've got some really great includes and some really cool feedback from CCO Nation. Thank you all. So you maybe learned to use some cards that you don't normally use. For sure. Uh, the, the, the issue with that deck, though, is every time I play it, something horrible happens to me. Or we're playing Plane Chase, and the the deck just doesn't work. The The most recent time I played it, I had... Nat drawn, how much mana did I have? Like fourteen, sixteen, or thirteen like planes I, in a row. I could something? have tapped planes, just planes, to play an Emrakul, and that was playing one plane a turn because that's all I was drawing. And I'd hit things like you'd mill me for one, and it was a planes. Like my, and that happens all the time. But nobody could kill you because uh, what's his name? Kitsune Runetail Ascendant. Runetail, yeah. Um, makes it so all your creatures don't take damage. So I could just block all day, and nobody had swept the boards, so my little... The one guy that I played, I think there was only one guy, but that one guy gave me some other guys. I forget what that dude is called. Captain the Watch or something, right? That's the one. So I could just just block all day, and I just sit there, and it sucks. So I took it out of my regular deck rotation. So I've learned that I still don't really like Mono White, but I'm not a quitter, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, I guess it's the kind of thing that over time, you know, you play it maybe once every couple weeks, and as you start to understand, oh, I don't need this many creatures. I can substitute in this um, crappy white draw spell that Commander Cookout um, suggested, and over time, oh, this crappy draw spell, this crappy draw spell, this one. Over time, you got like ten crappy draw spells in your deck. You got some gas, and the deck is like okay. So maybe that's maybe that's a good take home is you got to play the deck lots you got to evolve it especially if it's something that you really need to start making cuts to the categories like creatures for an aggro player like you you're making cuts to the creature suite that uh, you wouldn't normally do so you can actually just close out a game because you got to find your heavy hitters with card draw. Yeah. That's a thing. It, it could be a thing. Also, that white deck is the reason why I decided I suggested initially doing the arc of the mono problematic because i wanted to fix the damn thing and i couldn't figure out how to do it and here we are here we are well here's the thing you uh you do play like eight or nine wraths in the deck yeah baby and you certainly don't die in that deck because you can block all day so it is a challenging deck to beat i think the problem you're running into now is how do you win and it's kind of a boring deck to play at least again i've played probably a dozen games with it so far, minus some goldfish stuff. And every game has been kind of, well, the same, and then I just draw a goddamn land, and it doesn't make any set up, sense. Set up your pillow fort, and then how do I win? Yeah, it's like, what do I do now? Well, I hope I get my sun titan, and then you just don't block it. Like, is that, what the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell kind of strategy is that? It's not. That's it's, the thing. It's just not, like, waves of dudes only work for so long. It's, it's infuriating is what it is. So it's an ongoing project. Stupid white. <laughs> Fast forward to this week. We're doing Vivictus as Maudi the Dire, and we'll read them in a minute, I promise. I was having the same kind of problem. Fast forward to this week. We're doing Vivictus as Maudi the Dire. We're going to read them now, and then I'm going to tell you what the problem was. All right, Vivictus as Maudi the Dire is a 6-6 Elder Dragon for 3 black, red, green. Has flying, because it's a dragon. Whenever Vivictus as Maudi attacks, attacks. For each player, choose target permanent that player controls. That player sacrifices that permanent. Each player who sacrificed a permanent this way reveals the top card of their library, then puts it into play if it is a permanent. So it's kind of like Chaos Warp. It's better Chaos Warp. I attack, 
his ability triggers, and I go around the table and pick your thing, your thing, your thing, and my thing. We all sack those things and reveal the top card of our library. If it's a permanent, it goes into the battlefield. If it's not, it just stays on top of the library. The key is, I got rid of three things for attacking, I hit somebody for six, and I built my deck in a way that I always get something when he attacks. Sounds great, right? Because, okay, I've got this big, impactful commander. He plays the, all the value colors. He uh, destroys everything, so I'm getting all kinds of card advantage. My one thing's getting rid of your three things, plus I get another thing. But I was having the same problem as you, in a way, with your mono shitty-ass mono whitelist, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was finding that the Victus was so impactful that he was warping the games around him. He was immediately getting killed, or he was being stolen, or cloned, or whatever. Remember that one game we played with him, and Smitty stole him like three different times? And then somebody cloned him as well, so there was two of them. There was two Vivictuses going around. I hated that game so and, much. And nobody was choosing the other guy's Vivictus for fear of not being able to warp through their deck twice in every round. Duh. Right, And I was finding, okay, if I don't want him to get cloned so I can be the only one with the Vivictus, or if I don't want him to die, i got to get a bunch of Shroud or Hexproof enablers in there. So I'm diluting my sweet effects that I get from him for free because I'm warping into them. Right. Right? And then I thought, well, if I'm going to make a Jund control deck, I might as well have some land destruction in there. That was my initial thought. And I had things like... Um, the, the dwarves or that uh, tunneling worm or whatever from invasion, you tap it and pay four to destroy target non-basic land. I would warp into them, and then I couldn't do anything with them because they have summoning sickness. So I wasn't getting any effect out of this 3-3 three, three worm or these 2-2 two, two dwarves that I have to wait around to the table. All you were doing was giving Jesse's Wrath of Gods more value. Yeah, right? So I employed some of the strategies that we talked about in... Arc of Mono Problematic, how to get card advantage in green or black, or how to negate the effects of a Wrath of God in the Mono Whitelist we talked about. I built them into this deck to, in the form of Enter the Battlefield effects, or, I hate to say it, but more tutors. Tutors on creatures, because you want your effects to be stapled to creatures so you can warp into them. And just value graveyardy Jun stuff, which led to one of my favorite combos of all time, and turned this into one of my favorite decks. So I'm in the opposite boat that you are. Yeah. I love the deck more now that it's more powerful, and it works a whole lot better, despite the combo being potentially very bad. <laughs> remember, remember when we did the Tatiova deck, and it was a uh, Primal Surge deck? Yeah. And... You could primal surge the whole deck unless you hit your what was it? The mystical tutor. Mystical tutor. That found the primal surge. So you could whiff on your primal surge after flipping like two cards because you hit a non-permanent. Yep. Well, this deck can do that as well. I can warp into the one sorcery that's in the deck, and that one sorcery is actually a tutor to find me the combo piece. Also the one I don't want to warp into because it completely would end my game. Didn't it happen once? I feel like it happened once. Uh, when we get to the card, okay. you killed it well, and its ETB ability was on the stack, and then I had to 
go through the game with no permanents in play. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess let's get into it. We got a bunch of creatures and a bunch of them are mana dorks. So if it's a mana dork, I'm just going to call it out as being a mana dork and we're going to move on because there's so many interesting cards in this list. All right, let's bang through some stuff. We're going to start with the creatures as we always do and we're going to start super alphabetically, I guess. Yeah. With a Sakura Tribelder? Mana dork. How about a Terastodon, Big Daddy Butt Sex? He is a 9-9 that kills three more things after you've killed three things with your Vivictus. Dang. Yes. What else? Also very alphabetical. Mana Dork. And remember, Terastodon ETB, Wood Elves ETB, next card is another ETB. It's an acidic slime. That destroys a thing after I've destroyed three things with a Vivictus. How about a Birds of Paradise? Mana Dork. Brutalizer Exarch. That's a tutor or a put target non-creature permanent on the bottom of its owner's library. So that's kind of like half a warp. You just don't get anything after for like the other half. <laughs> Burnished Heart. That's a Mana Dork. Corpse Connoisseur. Ooh, baby. Okay, so five mana. This is the guy that you said that looks like he's got the entrails hanging out on the floor there. Yeah, and he's got an anus on his chest. <laughs> Every damn time we look at this card, it's something to do with somebody's ass. Well, they shouldn't put asses on cards if they don't want people to talk about the ass on the cards <laughs> five mana three three when he enters the battlefield search for a creature put it into your graveyard and then he's got unearth for black three you can cast him from your graveyard for his unearth cost and then you sack him at end of turn or exile him at end of turn yep. so you can get two creatures into your graveyard with that we'll talk about what you find when we hit that thing that you find all right, next up, we've got the Littlest Planeswalker in Deathrite Shaman. Ooh, yeah, that is a Mana Dork, really. Or Graveyard Hate, but Mana Dork, really. Drum Hunter. I like this. Bum Hunter. Oh. oh, there it is. He's a Mana Dork, but I like this one. I think that more people should play this. He's four mana, two, two. At the beginning of your end step, if you control a creature with power five or greater, draw a card. So he's green, and you're going to have big dumb idiots in green. There's a Naya cycle of these guys, right? The white one gains you life. Yep. And the red one shocks something? I think it shocks something. The other thing he does, you tap him to add a colorless to your mana pool. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I like that guy. How about Ember Swallower? This one is in there from the, air quotes, land destruction deck days. I still like it. It is a 4-5 for red, red 2. And he has monstrosity 3. For seven mana. So uh. after you pay four for a four or five, you have to pay seven more to make him a seven eight. But when he becomes monstrous, each player sacks three lands. Ooh. And the cool thing about it is he doesn't destroy those lands, he sacrifices them. And that's going to be relevant with another card we talk about in the future. All right, next up we've got Eternal Witness. Classic, need to get it. Uh, you can ETB something back from your graveyard when you warp into it with a Vivictus. Farhaven Elf. Mana Dork on ETB. Gliss of the Traitor. Green, green, black. For a first strike, death touch. Whenever a creature an opponent controls is put in the graveyard from the battlefield, you may return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. That's how you get like your burnished heart back. It's a 3-3. She's super good. She is good because I just choose a creature with a Vivictus. You sack it, I get an artifact back into my hand. That's what I do. All right, how about It the Betrays? It the Betrays and the next one and the Ember Swallower are all kind of part of a little package. So whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent, I get that card into play under my control. Oh, yeah, and it's an 11-11 Annihilator 2. That you get for free. That I just warp into because I stack it on top of my deck. 
So you get it for free. And then the next thing that you tutor for or get or play or become monstrous is something that makes people sack lands. I got to sack mine too, but I get your three, his three, his three. So I actually net six mana on the exchange. Yeah. Talk about sacking mana. How about Keldon Firebombers? That's the five drop three, three that when he enters the battlefield, each player sacks all but three lands. That's a classic, like, uh, kind of a D-bag EDH thing from like 10 years ago. It's a D-bag EDH thing now, too. Uh, Super powerful, undeniably. And they cost like six bucks. Yeah. They're not inexpensive. Yeah, because people play him in EDH. Because he's from Masks Block. <laughs> da da da. Or how about a Moavi Beast Tracker? Yeah. How, how do we say that word? Mwanvuli. 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 <laughs> Beast Tracker. Green, green, one. Two, one. Human Scout. Enters battlefield. Search your library. Creature with, uh, what is it, Death Touch? Hexproof. Hexproof. Reach. Trample. One of those abilities. Reveal it. Put the card on top of it, uh, on top of your library. So, so far we could find a Glissa. Yes. All right. Too bad it doesn't say search your library for a card with Annihilator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mirror Retriever. That is a good target for Glissa to get back. Um, it um, When it enters your graveyard, you get an artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. We talked about that last week uh, with uh, Koldotha Forge Master. Yeah, and Junk Diver and all that stuff. Yeah, Junk Diver. Dirty. Don't Google it. <laughs> How come we missed that joke last week? <laughs> oh, excellent. Uh, all right. How about Ogre Arsonist? Ooh, this guy's a special little dude from Portal. Five mana, three, three. When it enters the battlefield, destroy any one land. So I kill your creature. I warp into an Ogre Arsonist with Vivictus. Then I get your land. Any land. Not even a non-basic. Huh. Get your forest. How about Phyrexian Rager? Uh, enters the battlefield. Draw a card, lose a life. He's a 2-2 two, two for 3. What a dick. Yeah. Get it? Because he's a rager? He's a, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now we get it. All right, how about Razaketh the Foul-Blooded? There's another tutor. Um, five, black, black, black for an 8-8 eight, eight flying trample. So you could find this guy with your one Vuli Beast Tracker. And um, pay two life, sack another creature, like your Mirror Retriever maybe, and you can search your library for a card, put it into your hand. Uh, yeah. repeatable tutor on a stick that I can get for free. And a reassembling skeleton. You can actually sacrifice this to your, or your, uh, what's his name? Razaketh. Razaketh, yeah, the guy I just said. <laughs> <laughs> He's a 1-1 one, one for 2. You can pay 2, return him to the battlefield tapped. I'm going to Rexage. Rexage. Enters the battlefield, destroy target artifact or enchantment for 3 mana. Runescarred Demon. Enters the battlefield, Search for a card, put it into your hand. That's a 6-6 six, six flyer for 7. So you could find that with your Moon Volley Beast Tracker and warp into that with Vivictus as well. Is flying one of the abilities you can find? I don't think flying was on her list of things you can find. Death Touch, Hexproof, Reach, Trample. Can't find him with Beast Tracker. Oh, dang. Um, okay, see Razaketh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Scandalmonger. This is one of the new ones I put in. I took out a tap for an effect activated ability creature. And I put this in, and this is a little Masks gem. Uh, you knew what it was when I added it. Black 3 for a 3-3. Three, three. Lots of 3-3s three, in this deck. Monger is the creature type on the card. I don't know if that's still accurate, but it's just two generic mana. Target player discards a card from his or her hand. Any player may play this ability 
only any time they could play a sorcery. So sorcery speed, two mana, somebody discards a card. I think that's cool if my opponents are making each other discard a card because that's card advantage for me. Newsflash, cool. they don't. They make me discard. Every time. I'm also okay with that with things like um, my um, Mirror Retriever, Glissa, and one that we have coming up. We'll get to that later. A couple that we have coming up too. we got some Threshold in the deck and stuff, so yeah. How about Shattergang Brothers? Oh God, here's a novel. He's, he's you want me to do this one? Jund one for another 3-3. Three, three. You read the abilities. Black two, sack a dude, everybody else sacks a dude. Red two, sack an artifact, everybody sacks an artifact. Green two, sack an enchantment, everybody sacks an enchantment. Does it all. So he's like a grave-packed creature, but you just choose what you want everybody to sacrifice. Yeah. I don't particularly care for him that much, but... He's a commandy. Like, is he good? No. Really? No. He seems like he'd be good. I feel like you have to play kind of things you don't care about in order to try and hose your opponents out of things. Like, let's say you're trying to get my doubling season or whatever with this thing. What are you going to sack? You're going to sack your, I don't know. Yeah, we haven't even hit any enchantments yet, and there's not a whole ton of them. You're going to sack a primal rage, so all your dudes lose trample. Okay, well, that's cool. I'm going to sack my You still have all of the tokens that you're... And I'll sack no doubling season because I have another enchantment. Or you're going to yeah. sack this creature. I'll sack my shitty token, take three. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it never... When you give your opponents a choice, you rarely get what you want. And yeah, you're going to get something. But in the case of this, you've tapped three mana and sacked a permanent. And you didn't get the thing that you wanted. I agree. The saving grace on this card is, it says, each other player. So you are technically, like, if I sack a creature... I am getting three other creatures, which is still card advantage, but I do agree. You're going three for one, so you're always getting more. And it is repeatable. Yes. But but you know what? The other thing here, I'm I'm going to step back and argue with myself, is I got to pay four to cast them and then three more. So I got to pay seven to kill three creatures and sacrifice a creature. And you might not get the creature that you wanted. Yeah, you know what? I've I don't think I've ever, ever, ever activated one of this guy's ability. Might be a cut. I think I did once. I think I played him in one of my decks one time, and I think I activated it just the once. And a Jun Goblin, you never would have played this card, man. <laughs> You're right. You're right. No, no. Uh, let's move on yeah. to Shriekmaw. Five drop, but you can evoke him for two when he enters the battlefield. He destroys target non-black, non-artifact creature. And he got fear. All right, speak, we talked about Threshold earlier. Let's talk about Threshold on the Werebear. He's a mana dork, 1-1. One, one. But if you have Threshold, he gets plus 3, plus 3. So Threshold is 7 or more cards in your graveyard. He's a 4-4 four, four that would tap for a green instead of a 1-1. One, one. So he's a dork and or beater. Sure. How about Woodfall Primus? 8 mana, but it's free. Trampler, so this guy you can find with Moon Volley Beast Tracker. Mm-hmm. When he enters the battlefield, destroy target non-creature permanent. And when he dies, he's got persist. So he comes back with a minus one, minus one counter on him. You're getting another ETB, so you can destroy another thing. Dang. Yeah, so good with Shattergang Brothers. How about Workshop Assistant? Ooh, this goes alongside our Mirror Retriever. Not a whole ton of artifacts in the creature section to get back, but uh, when we move over to... Uh, the artifact section? The artifact section, yeah, there's lots of artifacts. How about uh, Zerta Druid? Here is our last mana dork. Whenever you tap him for mana, it deals one damage to each opponent. Like that one. 
Yeah, I actually like that one too because, I mean, I could attack just you for one damage or I could be like, add green to my mana pool and I get one from everybody. Also, he's doing a Kamehameha on the... He is? Yep. Wrong color. But well, he, whatever. He it's, is doing it. They want to get sued for copyright infringement? I don't think so. Mm, what you said. Yeah. They don't own Dragon Ball Z yet. Give them time. <laughs> They'll get there. And the last creature is a World Gorger Dragon. Ah, this is the elephant in the room. So, 7-7 seven, seven, Flying Trample. So you can find him with Munvali Beast Tracker. You can get him from the top of your library into your hand and then graveyard. Or from the top of your library directly into your graveyard. That's where you want him. Because when he enters the battlefield, you exile all permanents you control. That is terrible. Yes. When he leaves the battlefield, you return all those permanents that you exiled to the battlefield. That's okay. And it's written in two separate paragraphs like... OG Oblivion Ring. Uh, Oblivion Ring. That's right. And you can stack those triggers accordingly to pull off some fairly hefty shenaniganery, as I say. Yes, we'll tell you stories of it working and of it not working in a moment. Yes, and he costs red, red, red three. Let's move on to instants and sorceries, but we're going to truncate it to. Just sorcery, because there's only one. Just sorcery, yes. And the sorcery is Final Parting. Final Parting is a new include that I wanted to have to take advantage of World Gorger Dragon. And sure, I can warp into it and have it stay on the top of my library and get no value, air quotes, no value from Vivictus. All the destruction that you've been doing, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It stays on top of your library, so if you draw it the next turn or later that turn, you can still cast it and find your World Gorger Dragon combo. So it's black, black, three. Search your library for two cards. Put one of them into your hand and one of them into your graveyard. World Gorger goes to the graveyard, and one of the other ones is an enchantment that we're going to find. And that enchantment is Animate Dead. Yeah. Or Dance of the Dead. For all intents and purposes, they do the same thing. So... They bring a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. If they leave that creature, the creature dies. So if you blow up the enchantment, the creature it is attached to then eats shit. In World Gorger Dragon's case, we've talked about this on the show too in F.U. Joel's um, tier one list or some competitive list, right? So how it works is World Gorger gets reanimated by Animate Dead. World Gorger's Exile Everything ability resolves. That takes the Animate Dead off of it. Then, because Animate Dead says when it leaves, the creature it's reanimating dies, World Gorger goes to the graveyard and all your stuff comes back. Animate Dead comes back, reanimates World Gorger. World Gorger exiles the Animate Dead, World Gorger dies. So your World Gorger and all your permanents bounce in and out of exile or in and out of the graveyard in World Gorger's case. And every time you do this, all of your permanents come back into play And you can tap mana, or you can draw cards from your ETB abilities, or you can exile creatures, and uh, you can do that infinitely. You can destroy three things with Terastodon and over and over again. Every over and over and over and over, until all they have left is three, three elephants, and then you can cast like... um, um, Anger of the Gods. Yeah, something to kill them all. Yeah. So one of the ways that we can do this or draw our whole deck is with a card called Blood Sun. Used, Not, used to be a blood moon. 
I like Blood Moon better, but in this deck and in this case, and given the combo, this is just a better include, and it has cool art on it, so I give it a pass. Yeah, so three mana just like Blood Moon, and instead of turning all non-basics into mountains, what it does is all lands lose all abilities except mana abilities, and when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. So if you just bounce that in and out and in and out with World Gorger combo, you can draw your whole deck. Yeah. That's fine. It is not too bad. Let's keep going with enchantments, shall we? Let's, we shall. Let's talk about Grave Betrayal. Grave Betrayal. Whenever a creature you don't control dies, return it to the battlefield under your control with an additional plus one plus one counter on it at the beginning of the next end step. And it's a zombie. That's a new one. That has nothing to do with the combo, but uh, whenever Vivictus gets one of your things, then I get it. And then it's bigger. It's like it that betrays two. Sure. Yeah. How about Grave Pact? Ooh, whenever I Vivictus one of my own things, you have to sacrifice a creature. So whenever my creature dies, you all sack a creature. It's like Shattergang Brothers, but not shit. Yeah, it lets me get two creatures with every round of Vivictus. How about Obliette? Yeah, this is an old school favorite. I think from Arabian Nights, right? I believe so, One yeah. of the most expensive commons in Popper we were just uh, <laughs> lamenting before the show, right? It's like 40 bucks. Anyways, black, black one for Oblivion Ring. It's a black Oblivion Ring. That's what it is. Yeah. And I could play Murder or Terror or name your two or three mana removal spell, but I want a Vivictus into my removal for free, so Oubliette. There we have it. How about Revel in Riches? I'm a little bit undecided on this one. Let me know what you think. So, five mana. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, I get a treasure token that I can sacrifice for mana. Fine, cool. At the beginning of my upkeep, if I control ten or more treasures, I win the game. Do I use it for mana production, or do I use it for winning the game? In this deck, I would say you use it for mana production, honestly. Because you're going to need it, because when we get to the strengths and weaknesses, we'll talk about why you're going to need that mana production. It costs five, but... It costs nothing, because you evict us into it. I guess so, yeah. Most of the things in the deck that cost lots can be offset by just saying, well, you get it for free. Sort of. The goal is to get it for free. If you resolve your triggers in the correct manner, if you have an enter the battlefield, kill a creature, creature, and a revel in riches, you can... Resolve the Revel and Riches, get a gold or a treasure token, and sacrifice it for a mana in response to exiling all your permanents with World Gorger Dragon. So this could generate you infinite mana as well. It's very good. Just by the by. How about Song of the Dryad? This is just like Oubliette. Uh, target permanent becomes a colorless forest land. It's an enchantment for three. It gets rid of somebody's commander, and it's on a permanent that I can Vivictus into. Speaking of the arc of the mono problematic, Song of the Dryads, in most cases, will permanently remove a red or a black commander. Yeah, I think so, like, hey? Pretty much forever, Did unless they've got some kind of tricks or forest killing or land killing spell. We kind of we hard missed that. Did we leave it out on purpose? Yes. And also in mono blue, there is Imprisoned in the Moon. Basically the same thing, but it turns it into what is essentially a wastes. Yeah. For three mana as well, right? Yep, blue two. All right, let's talk about Tortured Existence. Oh, baby. This art is so like 1987 Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yes, it is. So it's black for an enchantment, and you go black, choose and discard a creature card, <clears throat> choose and discard a World Gorger Dragon card, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. 
whatever yeah. creature you want. There you go. And let's talk some ramp stuff real quick. Got Utopia, Sprawl, and Wild Growth. They enchant a land, and the enchanted land taps for another mana. So your land then taps for two. We're going to bang through the mana rocks um, all at the end, and we'll talk about uh, some of the interesting ones more at length, okay. I think, right? We've talked about Mimic Vat for the last five weeks, so Mimic Vat is in here. We're going to jump over it to Crucible of Worlds. Let's me play lands from my graveyard, so if I... Vivictus away my colony garden. I can play it again to get another zero one plant token. Neat. Crystal ball. Let's me scry. If I'm going to draw that world gorger dragon or if I'm going to Vivictus into it, just put it on the bottom. And it's scry too, so they can go back in any order. So you can. Oh, put the yeah. Thing in the I thing. can put it second from the top. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Dragon's Horde. This is another combo piece. So it's three mana. And whenever a dragon I control enters a battlefield, it gets a gold counter on it. And I can tap and remove a gold counter from it to draw a card. Every time World Gorger comes in, this will trigger. You resolve that trigger before you exile your stuff. And you can remove the gold counter and draw a card. So every time Vivictus or World Gorger comes in and out, you can draw a card with that. Or tap it to add a man of any color. Lightning Griefs. Planar Bridge. Searches for something. I'm not sure about that one. I might actually just cut it, really. I don't know. What I do don't you... know. It's kind of a feels-bad card in a feels-bad deck, and it costs a billion mana to use. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember why I put it in there. Maybe just to hard find and put into play It the Betrays? Maybe. It seems good. It's fine. But I don't know. You could probably play something else. Scroll Rack. That lets us put cards from our hand onto our library and put cards onto our library into our hand. Equal amounts, right? Yep. So that's, that's how we hide World Gorger Dragon if we drew it or if we somehow tutored it and have it. That's how we get it back somewhere that we can find it with like a final parting. Super, super good with Vivictus to be able to select when you warp into things. And that's, I think, the, the the most difficult part of playing this deck is deciding when you want to warp into things. And stacking cards correctly with Top and Crystal Ball and Scroll Rack to draw some so you can play them and warp into some when you destroy stuff. And we talked about... You just mentioned top. We're also playing top. It's another deck manipulator card, so we'll hop over that one to get to Spine of Ishsaw. That is repeatable with your Mirror Retriever or your Workshop Assistant. Uh, destroys a permanent when it comes into play, and when I warp it away with Evictus, I get it back into my hand. And lastly, before we get into the mana production stuff, we have a Whisper Silk Cloak. That is another Shroud Enabler just so we can protect Evictus. And then we have Sol Ring, Commander Sphere, Mindstone, Hedron Archive, Pristine Talisman, Thran Dynamo, and Worn Power Stone. All of those are things that tap for some amount of mana, maybe draw you a card, whatever. And important to note that a couple of them you can sacrifice for card draw, or a couple of them you'll just sacrifice from Vivictus, and your Mirror Retriever, your Glissa, and your Workshop Assistant can get them all back. Let's move on to the last section. Now, normally we don't play many Planeswalkers. This deck, we're playing seven of them. Yeah, lots of value, right? So let's uh, let's just get into this. We got Fraley's Lanwar's Fury. You can get a Mana Dork, or you can destroy an artifact or an enchantment, or you can draw cards equal to the creatures you control. That's what Fraley's does. Garrick Primal Hunter. You get a Dude. You can draw cards equal to your biggest creature, or you can get a 6-6 Worm for each land you control. Karn Liberated. Ooh, baby. You can you can get 
a player to exile a card, you can exile a permanent, or you can restart the game. I hate him. Yeah, I never used that last one. <laughs> what were they thinking when they printed? Honestly, like they were sitting there thinking, you know what? Let's print something that can be played in any deck that can be played with Urzatron on turn two, and uh, <laughs> just has make sure nobody ever ever has fun ever. Like, what the hell were they thinking about? Urzatron <laughs> on turn two, like fuck everybody like, except for whoever played Karn. Like, what the hell were they thinking about? And then to get this ridiculous ultimate that they've made a point to not print cards that do that they print a card that does it and then they make it happen after two activations of this insanely powerful planeswalker that's so excellent where's my shahrazad wizards where is it i'm getting the look let's move on let's move on to a card that you like yes Xenagos the Reveler. Wait a second, you skipped three <laughs> cards? <laughs> that was the funniest, you guys. He just like scrolled down a whole shit ton of cards, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, that was excellent. Yeah, let's just do Xenagos, then we'll go back to the other ones. Xenagos gives you mana, or he gives you a 2-2, or he does something else. It doesn't matter. The theme so far on every Planeswalker is they give you value through creatures, mana, or cards. Just repeatable all the things that we want. Cards, mana, and creatures to evict us away. And let's talk about the janky-eyed Liliana of the Veil. Yeah. Each player discards a card. That's a good way to get our World Gorger into our graveyard. Target player sacrifices a creature. That's a good way to um, get around something that has Shroud after I've killed everything else you have. And uh, Liliana Vess is our next one. Target player discards a card or search your library for a card, put it on top, right? Of your library, yep. Yeah, on top. So shitty tutor, discard a card. And then I think it also brings back all creatures from all graveyards into play under your control. Uh, yeah, that would also seem good after I've killed everything. Yes. And the last one we have, another super fun one, in Ujin the Spirit Dragon. Ooh, eight mana for seven loyalty. So you're taking a hit on the uh, vanilla loyalty scale. <laughs> <laughs> but plus two, he deals three damage to target creature or player. So he can just... After you... He lightning bolts things. After you carn everything away, you can just oogin them to death. Yeah. Okay. And he minus Xs to exile each permanent with converted mana cost X or less. That's one or more colors. So you could just wrath everything from everybody. Yeah. And his minus 10. <laughs> Again, only two activations away. And he sticks around after that. Just, you know, because. Yes. Yeah. So... You gain seven life, draw seven cards, then put up to seven permanents from your hand onto the battlefield. That's 99% of this deck. That's so excellent. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So the Planeswalkers, ultra, mega, crazy value. If you hit any of them, you want to play them as early as possible in these games. For the land... I already mentioned the Colony Garden. If you're bouncing that over and over with Evictus, you can get infinite dudes. World Gorgeous Dragon. What you said. Yeah, gives you infinite zero one plant tokens. And the other one that you can do that with is Care Keep. You pay red and one and tap it to put a zero one cobalt creature onto the battlefield. And then the other thing, because there's no like Exanguinate or infinite mana, I immediately win in the deck. Uh, infinite mana 
isn't that useful and infinite zero ones isn't that useful? Also, it doesn't give you infinite because you have to exile it with the World Gorge Dragon. It doesn't come back. Oh, yeah, that's right. You sacrifice the Cobalt or the Colony Garden token to your Razaketh. That's go. how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Cool. You get to tutor a whole bunch. How are you going to put up with that two life from Razaketh sacrificing every loop of World Gorger? You play the Refuge or the Gain One Lifelands, like the Akum Refuge or the Kazandu Refuge. When they enter the battlefield, you gain a life. I hate those cards. So you loop them, you know, 100 times to gain 100 life, then you Razaketh 20 times to, yeah. you know, pay 40 life. The, you know what? Joel says he hates those cards too, and I'm going to probably start to take a look at them and play like real enter the battlefield not tapped lands in this deck in that combo they're great they're great but in real life in your opening hand when you haven't got the combo online they're crap yes when i have a kazandu refuge and i need to play my birds of paradise i just want it to be anything else exactly there's our deck should we talk about some strengths and weaknesses as we are wont to do i think so i i my notes Mana rocks and dorks. 21. Who am I playing? Prosh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Same but, colors. Yeah. Same creature type. Strengths and weaknesses. Tons of removal, both targeted and mass or repeatable. And also tons of mana dorks and rocks. And that lets us power out big fatties. It lets us destroy whatever we want or make you sacrifice and I just get them. Which is what Vivictus kind of does anyway by himself. Yeah. Um, it's got a combo win out of nowhere that um, really you could get as early as like turn three, three, four. I mean, if you get your Vivictus in the graveyard, if you get your World Gorger in the graveyard early enough, the, the high end of the deck is definitely there. The speed is definitely there. And strength, and I think you're going to roll it into the weakness and how you've found to combat this deck in... Plays the most powerful slash game warping cards on the table. And yeah, that's a strength because I'm playing the best cards on the table, but they're also the cards that are going to get targeted the most. Am I right? You are correct. The The reason that I dislike this commander, not this deck, but this commander so much is because he's such a... He's just a magnet for either the game sucking for everyone or you just kind of winning so you play Vivictus and then we remove it and then you play Vivictus and you remove it and then you play Vivictus and we remove it and then you play something else and it's like okay it's a Terastodon it's better than a Vivictus then you play Vivictus and we remove it <laughs> and that this this commander falls into the same kind of realm as your Xurz and your Edric and all those other dickhole commanders that you see coming and it's like yeah fuck this guy remove on site yeah. commanders I think people call them this is one of them the difference, like the reason Edric and Zur and stuff are, are competitive or tier one or tier two, whatever, whatever, whatever you call them, is they cost three. Yeah. Vivictus costs six. Yeah, he costs six, but in a, he's not going to be winning any foot races, but in a casual EDH game with all the rocks and ramps that's in this deck, he's not hard to play. He's on turn four. He's got protection. I agree, but like we always say, he costs six and is the most powerful card at the table. So really, he's going to cost eight, and yeah. then he's going to cost ten. Yeah, it's, right. It's not the and it, it's hard to combat through that, especially once you've played the deck a couple of times. Where it's like, okay, here we go. And even though you're playing, it's like a counter spell. Counter spells are great; they can stop all kinds of super fun stuff once. And you're playing the most powerful card at the table, 
and it's one card. And it's hard for one really good card to combat three medium cards. Yeah, three other players. <laughs> yeah, like it's hard for Vivic like Vivictus can get through. Like I've definitely had games where he just turns my whole deck off because I can only play one thing a turn and then it goes away and gets replaced with a land. So it's like, well, F my game, I guess. Yeah, and that's maybe why he's kind of the I don't I don't know if he's the best Jund control commander, but when you get him early and you can take care of the the key points on somebody else's deck, he sure feels like the best Jund control commander. And he's not chaos warping the stuff. You're not getting it back unless you can recur it from your graveyard. And even if you can, he just gets it again. E that. So he's just this kind of, I don't want to say he's a feel-bad engine, but he's kind of a dink, and everybody knows he's a he's dink. He's kind of a feel-bad. You know what? Yeah. Lots of people play Vivictus with um, extra combat step cards, extra combat phase cards. And that is crazy. Like, can you imagine getting three or four Vivictus triggers in one turn? It's insane. Or you play them with, um, what is it, Strionic Resonator? Was that that copies a... Activated ability, or triggered, triggered ability. ability. Or whatever that card is, right? Yeah. And, but the point is, the weakness of the deck is Vivictus. He is mono-problematic in himself because he does that one thing. And it's one thing everybody knows and everybody hates it. And if your deck doesn't do what Vivictus does, you shouldn't play Vivictus. Like if you load your deck up with sorceries and instants so that people won't be like, "Ah, screw you, man! You're playing," then your deck sucks and don't yeah, play it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. He's you. You can build him lots. You can build lots of decks, but you're only building him really one way. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that you. You're not limited in what you can build with him, but you're limited in the way that you build with him. Yeah, it's like a, a Primal Surge deck. We talked about that earlier. Primal Surge can win in a bazillion different ways, but at the end of the day, the deck just wins by playing Primal Surge. And in that circumstance, we would maybe call it a, a one-trick pony, or once you've done it, it's like, oh, I guess I've done it. And then you just took that your Primal deck primal surge deck apart right yeah because yeah the combo was super funny and it won with a floodgate and all these other stupid cards but at the end of the day it's like yeah i lab man to you that's what happened yeah yeah that's the thing i think the, i think the difference here and going back to the feel bad thing i don't want to end it on a on a negative note because i really like this deck um the difference here is ultimately i am still attacking there is an alternate way to victory and i did take out the destroy most of the destroy land cards so there is a whole bunch of different ways that you can take this deck, and it does have a lot of value and recursion and um, uh, dudes and ramp, all the things that people like about Commander. So the deck does feel very Commander-y. And I'll give it this too. I'll give it a. I'll give it a positive spin. Also, it's very interactive. There's no, well, I'm doing this, and you can't stop me. There's none of that. Even the combo. If you yeah. have a removal spell, you can blow that combo oh yeah out. instant speed destroy your stupid world gorger dragon before you do your combo all your shit gets exiled <laughs> yeah so now you're now you have nothing yeah so good start again dick face i think that happened last time you that actually deck. happened and um i i was at like 30 some life or whatever and i just kind of slumped collected myself and said this is your bed you wanted to play this card you have to now play with nothing and i had like two cards in my hand so it was just top deck land top deck land top deck thing top deck land and i kind of built a board presence back up but uh, i think i ended up getting second in that game and um i mean it it's fun and it's it provided me an interesting 
never done it before gameplay challenge, which is another thing that I appreciate about this deck is I, I made my bed and then I still ended up having fun and learning about new ways to play magic. Yeah. From, yeah. from being totally hosed. Very much yeah. so. Um, we're still on the strengths and weaknesses section. I do want to touch on a very CCO weakness in that it has a ton of tutors. Yeah. And that does lend itself to the combo nature of the deck. Fine. We're going to take a hit in the spicy category. It is one of my personal decks. I'm expecting it. But if uh, if we want to move on real quick, 515 bucks for this deck. Boom. Pretty expensive, but when you when you look at... Karn, which you hate, you yep. probably tell me to cut it. Yeah, I'd cut him right now. Lily of the Janky Face. She's um, good, but honestly, I think that you could probably cut her for something else, and it wouldn't make the deck super worse. Yeah, there's tons of permanence in black that would give me a ton of value. Like, why don't I just play Necropotence? Or, well, I mean, you could even play something kind of janky, like a big game hunter. It's, yeah, kills a creature when it enters the battlefield. Yeah, like, and that costs, what, like, a, like two, three bucks? And maybe? that's the same converted mana cost even, right? Yeah. Um, scroll Rack, we talked about hand sculpting so we can hide that World Gorger dragon and not, like, warp into it and lose all our shit. Um, that's $47. So, it's right? a, That one's a harder cut in this deck, I would think. Mm -hmm. I think Top, which is the next card, and Scroll Rack are hard cuts. And I think you could... Do it, and it would be a goodwill you, cut. You mean difficult cuts to make? Yes, they'd be hard to be like. Oh, should I not play scroll rack? Uh, you know, that's that'd be a hard thing to do because the yeah. deck really wants them. But I think they'd be goodwill cuts. Like you could, if you cut them, as I'm not playing scroll rack, I'm not playing top. I cut them, so now your Vivictus is kind of as random as more, mine is. More random, yeah. I, th I think that would be a g randomness in a deck like this is a is goodwill and. It, might keep some of the heat off of you. And the other side of that is randomness to me feels too chaosy, and that's not something that I'm into. So I'll take the hit in price and uh, play the top in the rack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one, Ugin, fifty bucks still, and Cut uh, him. and he's he he might be another feel bad, and he costs eight. Like I don't want to see that in my opening hand. No, right? That's a hard mulligan. Yeah, you could you could probably again just cut him for something else something that destroys anything yeah yeah that's fine so you make all those cuts you're cutting 268 dollars and the deck isn't playing a super expensive mana base so when you cut that 268 bucks this whole deck 235 bucks that's not too bad that's like binder builder right yeah i mean some of this stuff you might not just have kicking around in your binder but lots of it you will there's lots of commons and Kind of janky stuff. Lots of mana have. dorks, and everybody likes to get and hold on to planeswalkers, and a lot of it was built out of commander precons. I'm also going to add, we should probably add this to the expensive cards ones. You you, you might have missed it. Um, Obliad is also 40 bucks. Oh, yeah. And you could hard cut that right now. That could be your big game hunter. <laughs> yeah, you could just get rid of that right now. You play it because you had one. Very much so. Yeah, like you don't you don't need it at all. That could be a thing. So we could get like a $230 deck. Yeah. That would be so sweet. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping it in there, though. That's a badass card. <laughs> Love the art. Love the art. Should we do my favorite part or your favorite part? Let's do my favorite part, which is card of the, of week. the week. Week, 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 week. What do you got this week? Well, we're going to, we're flipping it up. Instead of doing card of the week, we're going to do cards <gasps> of the week. <gasps> and we're going to give away both a foil world gorger dragon 
and a foil animate dead. So, so you can play this dirt bag combo you in your own deck like at home. Me. You could be just like Ryan and be a grease bag. Yeah. Yeah. I love greasy bags. <laughs> Wait a second. Do not Google that. So you get a World Gorgeous Dragon and Animate Dead. What else we got? Crozen Grip, Mirage Mirror, Necropotence, Cather's Crusade, Lightning Bolt, Cyclonic Rift. You did those completely out of order and still got them all. But I got them all. So we've been saying at least seven cards the whole arc, and now it is eight. Now it's eight cards. So you're getting at least seven. Yeah. Yeah, very that's, excellent. That's how that works. Awesome. I like that. That's pretty cool. So should we hit the... Uh, we're really pressed for time, so let's hit the milk list, the spice calculator, send the people home happy. Beauty. Okay, so milk list, as per edhrec.com, is the most popular cards in each converted mana cost slot in the color combination that we're talking about today, jund. Or as the kids say... How about no fund? No fund. Got it. At the zero drop slot, most popular card, Mana Crypt. That sounds like no fund. Definitely. And we're not playing it, so that's uh, good. I could definitely play it in this deck for sure. Okay, at the one drop slot, we will do the top three because it's always Sol Ring. Yep. And we're playing it. Number two, Skull Clamp. Nope. That could go in this deck too. Yeah, it could. That's an artifact from Prosh, I think. Could be. Yeah, that's right. Number three, at the one drop slot, Birds of Paradise. Playing that one. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to count that one. Okay. Moving on. At the two-drop slot. Sack Tribe Elder. Yes. Yes. Three-drop. Cultivate. Nope. No. Exclu explosive Veg at four. Nope. Ex acidic Slime at five. Yep. Rampaging Baloth at six. Nope. Avengi of Zendikar. Nope. Crater Hoof Behemoth at eight. Nope. Blasphemous Act at nine. Nope. Here's your boy, Primal Surge at ten. <laughs> nope. Oldamog. Nope. It that betrays at 12. Yep. Yes. Emrakul the promised end at 13. Nope. No. Four milkless matches, if you don't count Soul Ring, but I'll count it. Five milkless matches. There's no Draco? No Draco today. What? This is the kind of deck where you'd play. He's in the monocolor decks. Yeah, you'd get a six mana discount on your Draco in this deck. What the hell? He'd only cost 10. Spice Calculator. Spice Calculator. So, popularity on EDH Rec. 185 lists. He's, what did you say, Xena... He's, under, he's underneath Zira Aryan. That's from Legends or yeah. something? And she sucks. And he's just above Wasatora Cat Dragon Queen thingy. She also sucks. Yeah, I guess so. So she finds herself underneath the Shattergang Brothers, Wind Grace, Karthus... Prosh, obviously, Crash, all those ones that you're thinking of. He's, he's. I think he'll have an uptick. He was very popular, and I think. I think so. I think too. people will probably he's, be building. He's eighth too. right now, and he's pretty close to that zero, whatever her name is. So, average converted mana cost of this deck pretty high, three point eight eight. But we don't care because we're warping into things for free, and we're ramping a ton. Yes. Critical turn. I don't know. Five. That's the turn after you cast your final parting on four? <laughs> I don't know, could you just win with World Gorge Dragon at that point? I suppose. Sweet. Okay, cool. We're awesome. Whatever. <laughs> uh, optimal game size, 
four. I want to play this in a regular pod. I don't want to play it in big games. Sure, you get more value because you can get more things with the Vivictus at once, but that is also more bazookas pointed at Vivictus's head. Yes, we've talked about that lots of times where the more people you're playing with, the more wraths there are, the more removal there are. And as soon as somebody just leaves that one mana up for that path, your World Gorge or Dragon combo don't work no more. <laughs> so excellent. Okay, cards different than the stock list on EDH Rec. Dakam. 48. Nice. That's really high. That's very good. That's like half the deck. Yeah. Now, hmm, tutors, eight. Wow. That kills the spice rating. It's a good thing it's Christmas time because this is about as spicy as eggnog. Well, you could like rum and like cinnamon and nutmeg. But you're not. It's just eggnog. This is just eggnog. Eight tutors, punch it in. Spice rating, 36. <laughs> Wow. But it wins on turn four. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Yeah, it happens. Yep. Yep. That's yep. like, okay, good job, Ryan. Scoop up your cards. Go drink beer by yourself in the other room. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of <laughs> how it works. Kind of Sometimes it is. it is how that works, yeah. Yeah. So not super spicy, but super fun and, um, like you said, really interactive. So it does encourage... Um, Lots of removing, lots of decisions, lots of long game play. Honestly, one thing that I will give this deck, and I do like and appreciate about playing against it, is that it, with the interaction, it really gives you that feel of you and your forced brothers in arms, say, Jesse uh. and Smitty, trying to fight this big, huge dragon that's coming to hammer you. It's like a D&D campaign. It is, and that's pretty cool. Anytime you can get a game where you... It's kind of like playing Arch Enemy, except it's actually fun. Uh, yeah. Dude, that sounds like a pretty good final thought of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll run down the contest one more time, and then we'll put a bow on it. Oh, good, good teaser for next week's episode. Yes, sir. So if you want to get in and win our super sweet card of the week giveaway, head over to our YouTube page. We just posted a new video a couple of days ago. Jund Colors, right? Jund Colors. And you can subscribe there. You can follow us. You can comment or you can hammer on that like button and you'll be entered to win the cards of the week giveaway, which is now eight cards, which is super cool. I'm not going to run down the list again. But while you're there and you're doing that anyway, you'll also be entered to win a card altar from my boy Ryan. If you are thinking of becoming a patron or a patron already, there are also a couple of altar giveaways coming your way that way as well. So just keep your eyes on commandercookout.com or .com. Nice. And uh, you can check all the details for how to win some cards for Christmas. you got one more week to do that, so... We appreciate all the interaction and all the support that we've gotten, so we'll keep that going and we'll keep on a giving back. As far as final thoughts of the day, I think I've already kind of run it down. I really don't like this deck per se, but I do like what it represents, which is an exciting and kind of on the edge of your seat game because you can just get totally blown out by it or you can totally make it blow itself out if you're playing your cards right. So it forces you to be on point and playing good and that always makes for a good magic game and i think it's what most of us kind of show up to the table for is as well as the camaraderie and beer drinking exciting gameplay experiences yeah beer drinking and speaking 
of beer drinking and exciting gameplay experiences. We're going to give you something that's a little bit off the wall and something we've never done before on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh.